0: Hey, we are are in week three of a four-week series entitled 212 based on what God said through John the Revelator when he said this. He said, listen, I wish you were either hot or cold. Now, here's what we know. We know that God doesn't want us to be cold. But when, when, when we are cold, there's an understanding of that distance from God. And there's the opportunity for people to lean in to ministry to help us connect with him in a very real way. God said, I wish you were either hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm and it is unfortunate that so many people who profess to be Christ followers live lives as Christian spectators, live lives disconnected and have a convenient relationship with God rather than a close relationship with God, rather than covenant relationship with God. And God's called us to and he, he welcomes us to so much more than that. Last Sunday, we talked about service. And I want to I share with you, you got my phone? Um, I want to share with you a text that I received this morning. And uh, I, I mean, I love, I love what God does. And I love, I, love how, I love how God just opens doors and opportunity. And so, received this, this text from just one of the great guys in this church. And he sends he me this text this morning. He said, good morning, pastor. Thanks again for encouraging uh, me to get in the game. And we, he and I actually, we had lunch on Friday and he said this, he said, I want you to know your sermon last Friday, it, uh, it, it got my attention, it rocked me. And he said, so I've, I've rearranged my schedule, he goes, I hadn't signed up to be a part of the convoy outreach, he goes, I haven't signed up, but I'm going to be there tomorrow. And uh, he was there, had the opportunity uh, to talk with him and, and, and he just talked about just the impact and so he wrote this, he said, uh, he said, thanks, thanks again for encouraging me, he said, Uh, In the shower this morning, the Lord showed me this. And he really felt like this is what God said to him. Thank you for being so faithful with your giving all these years as it advances the kingdom of heaven. But serving yesterday, it advanced your relationship with me. Then he wrote this to me. He says, have a great day. Listen. Listen, 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 listen. The plan that God has for you Here's what it involves. It involves being fully connected to God. It involves yielding yourself to all that God wants you to accomplish. For you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for you to do. It it involves walking in the fullness of the power that God makes available to you. By the way, that's what we're going to talk about next Sunday. You want to make sure that you're here and you want to bring everybody you know because it is going to be a powerful moment in God's house. I believe it's going to be a historic moment in his house. Don't miss it. It also, it involves doing it together. Close to the end of uh, of the event yesterday at Tinker Field, Uh, One of the Convoy of Hope team uh, asked me this question. He said, so how do you feel about what's happened here today? What what do you you think? And I said, honestly, grand slam home run. And I said, not so much for uh, just just because of the people that have been served today and the thousands of people that came through. In fact, I'll tell you you of one, Myron. So uh, the the doors were supposed to open, the gates were supposed to open at 9 o'clock. At 5.30, people were already lining up. And about, about eight o'clock, there was a group that showed up and they wanted to be in the front of the line, which didn't make the people that have been there since 5.30 very happy. <laughs> they're kind of irritated, right? Ugh, then this grumbling starts happening. And so uh, we're waiting for, we don't have the keys to open up the gates. We have to wait for the Tinkerfield staff to do that. And it's not that they're late, it's just that these folks were there very early. And so there's just some murmuring going on, and so we're, we're trying to just kind of, you know, encourage the crowd, let them know, hey, all is well. You're going to be good. And uh, so I'm, I'm, on, I'm on one side of the fence, because I can't get out, because I'm, I'm locked in, uh, on the inside of Tinker but I'm talking to folks, and this guy goes, hey, you, Convoy of Hope. I'm Convoy of Hope. Hey, you, Convoy of Hope, come here. And I walk over, and he goes, uh, he goes, you know, these people are cutting in line. And I said to him, I said, hey, my name's Ed, what's your name? He goes, my name's Myron. I said, Myron, here's what I want to tell you. I'll make you this promise. I'm going to make sure, Myron, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. I said, I understand that these people are cutting in front of you, but listen, I guarantee you there is plenty, okay? And you'll find this, that when the, when the gates open, this line's going to move really quick. So Myron, I got you. You're going to be okay. And he goes, he goes, well, I... I, I hope so, he goes, because uh, this, is a, I, 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 this is an important day for me. And, uh, I, and I, said, I said, I can appreciate that. I said, it's an important, why is it an important day? He goes, because it's my birthday. I said, oh, wow. I said, it's, our, it's my wedding anniversary. And he said, he goes, well, this is my wife right here. We've been married for 23 years, and at least half of them have been good years. And uh, I said, well, Myron, it's great to meet you. It's great to meet your wife. I promise you, we'll have you in here quick. About two and a half hours later, I walk into the haircut tent. Myron is sitting there. And I just walked in and I said, Hey, how's everybody doing? I've got good news. They will not let me cut hair. And uh, and Myron looks at me and he goes, You don't remember me, do you? And I said, Myron, I remember you. I said, Myron, I remember you. In fact, Myron, let me tell you why I walked into this tent. I walked into this tent because it's your birthday. And your wife of 23 years knows this, that we should do something to celebrate your birthday. So I said, Folks, here's what we're going to do. Got the attention of everybody in the tent. There's probably 70, 80 people in the tent. I said, "Uh, Folks, Listen, this is Myron. Today's his birthday. I want to sing happy birthday to Myron. I'm a horrible singer. Please do not let me sing alone. And we sang really poorly. We sang happy birthday to Myron. And just the opportunity to be in that moment, that was, my, that was it. Right? But, but I told, I told the, the, the gentleman from Convoy, I said this. I said, while I appreciate the impact on the thousands that have come through this gate, and have gotten free haircuts, have gotten kids' shoes, have gotten healthcare screenings. Uh, uh, some of them have left here with jobs and, uh, and, and, the, and the, the thousands of bags of groceries. I said, the bigger impact is on this army of people that you see that have on these shirts that say kindness matters, the shirt that each one of our, each one of our volunteer team wore. I said, because look at the smiles on their faces as they serve. And look at the joy I said, some of them, it's the first time they've been a part, a, a part of something like this. Many of them, it's the first time that they've ever served. And here's what they're discovering. That when we give, it advances the kingdom. And friend, it's important to give. God's word says that we are to give. We were to give first the tithe that belongs to the Lord and that beyond that. We're supposed to give in offerings. And, and that Convoy of Hope event was able to happen yesterday because of your faithfulness in giving. But it's not enough simply to give. We also have to serve. Because serve, what it does is it advances our relationship with him. And we're able to do that when we do that together. See, it's not just serving. It's not just serving in power. It's not simply being connected to God, serving in power. We're supposed to do it in relationship one with another. This, this, this significance that we find, this strength that we find in in friendship, and friendship makes a difference. It absolutely does. Peter Shaw, I want you to come here. I am. am uh, grateful that Peter is my friend, and uh, Peter, I have this. I have this straight pen. Okay. So, when I was seven years old. My, um, my good friend David Lane said, hey, we're not just friends, we're brothers. Amen. And uh, so he had this pen and he said, uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna, what we're gonna do is we're gonna prick our fingers, okay, <laughs> until it bleeds. And then we're gonna, because we he goes, I just don't want you to be my brother, he just wants you to be my blood brother. And uh, there's something powerful, right? <laughs> When we when we make that type of connection, that type of you know, Peter, I'm not going to make you prick your finger this God morning. Bless you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to give you that pin though, that way I don't hurt myself. Did you ever do that though? Did you ever, did you ever do blood brothers with somebody? Uh, no. You didn't. No. Come on. So how many of you have done? It? How many of you? <laughs> now I'm thinking maybe we need we do need to do it. If you've never if you've never pricked your finger and been, please, hey, don't don't. Don't do it because I'm really afraid of needles, right, so okay? <laughs> <So long. laughs> okay, good. But there's that. It is. Here's, here's what I do remember from that. Here's what I learned at seven years of age was that real friendship requires investment. Real friendship requires commitment, right? And uh, it's not always easy. Um, it, um, som- sometimes sometimes the, fr- the, the, the words of a friend wound. Um, sometimes it requires... Uh, us leaning into a situation when we don't have the time or the energy to give, um, and, and I, I, I appreciate it. By the way, the reason I called Peter up this morning is this, is I knew this. I knew that if I really pushed it, this guy really would prick his finger, uh, but I'm glad that he wasn't super excited about it because I really didn't want to do it, so thank you for making me oh not go God through with that. <laughs> I love your friend. So... <laughs> The moment, right? See, we live in this era of Facebook friendship. I have, uh, I have right now, I have four thousand nine hundred and seventy-eight friends on Facebook. If you're my friend on Facebook, raise your hand. Hey, all right. By the way, if you're not my friend on Facebook, you can only have five thousand friends. All right. So if you've waited, I, the, the window's getting pretty. The window's getting pretty small, right? <laughs> So if you want to see the videos of dancing cats that I post, that never happens. Uh, But uh, recent stat is posted by one of my Facebook friends. It said this, friends, I am editing my friends list. There are so many people that I'm not even sure who they are. If I delete you in error, please forgive me in advance and just request me to re-add you. Thanks. It's the world we live in, Right? If I delete you as a friend in error, because I truthfully, I don't know who my friends are and I don't know who my friends aren't. See, I knew, I knew that David Lane was my friend because here's the thing. We, we experienced pain together. We, we went through battles together. My greatest adventures have not been solo. My greatest adventures have been in, in partnership. When I, was, uh, <laughs> when I was 11 years old, my, uh, my friend Bobo and I, we got this idea. We were reading in school. We were reading about uh, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. We thought, that's pretty cool. Like, we want to do this. And so we thought, well, how can we make a raft? Right. We live down in, in, uh, in Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Fort Lord, and there's a series of canals there. And so... We started saving milk jugs, okay, and uh, and we would take and we would we would take these empty milk jugs and put the caps on them and glue the caps on. All right, and so I don't know how many we saved, 40 or 50 of these things, and uh, and then we made a we made a frame out of uh, two by fours and 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 nailed plywood onto the top of this two by four and stuck these these milk jugs underneath it. Right, and then we had a we had an eight foot two by four as our as our, as our, as our, 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 our stick, because, you know, like Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn did it, and we set off in the canal system. Uh, and it was, when, when you're going in the canal system, like, we could pretty much reach the bank on both sides for most of the time. And then it got, it got, it got wider and it got deeper. At some point, it got deeper than eight feet. And, uh, and then we didn't understand tides. Because now this tide starts going out, and so it's sucking us through the canal system out into the Colusahatchee River. The Colusahatchee River dumps into the Gulf of Mexico. We didn't make it quite to the Gulf of Mexico, but we were well on our way when the Coast Guard comes up and says, "Uh, boys, what are you doing? Well, at that point, we didn't know what we were doing, and we were fully panicked. (laughs) But it's one of those stories that you have for the rest of the... Of your life, and that's what happens when we when we walk in connection. Let me tell you something: true friends cannot simply be added or deleted from a friends list. Proverbs seventeen nine says this: love forgets mistakes. See, friendship understands and values what we bring, and it, it minimizes our, our weaknesses. My blood brother, when I was a little kid growing up, he was, man, he was that type of friend, right? He, he accepted me for who I was. And also friendship hurts sometimes. When I was in eighth grade, I showed up at the bus stop. I lived in Long Grove, Iowa, Country Estates, Mobile Home Park. And uh, 12 by 65 trailer, lived with my grandparents, uh, my sister, my uncle, and just there was a lot of people living in that trailer. But, uh, but it was a pretty long walk from my trailer to get to where the bus picked us up. And so I get there, and, uh, and, my, and, and, and my, my best friend in the trailer park was this kid by the name of Billy Kramer. And I showed up, and Billy Kramer looks at me, he goes, what? I go, what do you mean? He goes, that? I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you know, it's picture day. It's picture day. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, they're taking pictures today at school. Did you not remember they sent the thing home? They're taking pictures for the yearbook, and you're going to wear that for the yearbook? I'm like, what's wrong with it? And he goes, seriously, you look like the disco king. Don't judge me, it was 1978. You guys were there. Remember the silk shirts, right? A.B., I know you wore the platform shoes. Come on. What's that? You did not participate? But you remember, don't you? I do. Yeah. Everybody wanted to look like John Travolta, right? Yeah. And I had on this silk flowery looking shirt, and he's like, really? That's what you're going to wear? And I said, not good? And he goes, not good at all. He goes, come on, let's go to my house and find a shirt. Faithful, God's word says, are the wounds of a friend. here's, Here's what we know. Most of us that are in the room today do not have what can be described as a close friend. If you've been around, you've heard me talk about this, the different levels of friendship. Here they are. And if you've heard me talk about this, it's a great review. If you haven't, you're gonna wanna write this down. Here are the different levels of friendship. The first level of friendship is convenient, okay? By the way, convenient is a horrible level of friendship. Convenient is that friend that basically is just interested in using you in the moment. Let's be honest. For, 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 for Myron yesterday, I was a convenient friend, and I'm comfortable with that. Okay? If I could just bring a little bit of sunshine into his day, show him Jesus on, on, on some level, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be his friend for the moment. You know what's a little bit more disturbing for me is this, is that th- this happens a whole lot even within the body of Christ where we have convenient friendships. I'm your friend as long as it's good for me. I'm your friend for what I can get out of it. And I'm telling you, you do not want to be somebody who looks at people as convenient friends. And in that moment, okay, if it's a ministry, if it's a ministry opportunity, it's okay in the moment to be a convenient friend for somebody. If that's a friendship that goes on and it stays convenient, something's wrong. Because the convenient friend usually involves manipulation. We move from convenient to cordial. Okay, cordial. Cordial, this happens oftentimes on Sunday mornings when you walk into church and they go, hey, take a moment and greet the person around you. Shake a hand, hug a neck. Still don't understand the whole idea of hugging a neck, right? It's actually it's kind, of, kind of frightening, isn't it? To think, okay, they just told the person next to me to grab my neck. It's the reason why we try not to say that here at Calvary. And I'm asking you at the end of the service, don't hug anybody's neck. But hey, hey, I'm I know we I know we sit by one another every 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 Sunday at church. You're you're Bob, Bob Bill, Bill, that's right. Bill, great to see you, Bill. Okay? That's the cordial friendship. Then there's casual. If you come to our men's Bible study, Tuesday mornings at seven o'clock. And men, if you're here and you're not coming to our men's Bible study, Tuesday mornings at seven o'clock, why not? But You'll see this. You'll see a lot of guys that they've got great, they've got a, just casual friendships. They know one another's names. They, they know where a guy works or, or what he did vocationally before he retired. Might, know, might even know their, 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 their wife's name. We move from that to, to close. 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 Close is the person that you should call when you need to move and not the convenient friend. Close is the person that you reach out to when, when life is falling apart. And then covenant. Covenant is the relationship that you should be in only with your spouse and with your God. Convenient, cordial, casual, close covenant. And here's, here's, my, here's my strong encouragement to you be cordial to everyone. Be casual with many, be close with a few, and be in covenant with two. And when we do that, here's what we'll find. We'll find this, that life works so much better, better because God designed you to live in relationship, not to live alone. In fact, there are over 30 commandments in the New Testament alone that you cannot fulfill and not be in active fellowship with the people around you. It's the reason why this gathering is so important. And friend, I'm glad that you're tuning in right now via media, but there's something that is profoundly missing when our connection is just by a screen and not not face-to-face. And it's in that context that Paul says, listen, if you have any, any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, any, any fellowship with the Holy Spirit, let me ask you this question this morning. Do you have any encouragement from being united with Christ? As you're here in God's house this morning, as you're watching media today, do you have any encouragement from having God be in your life? Then this scripture, this this text is for you. Do you find any comfort from God's love? Does Does it have any kind of impact in your life? Do you have any fellowship with the Spirit? Do you you find those moments when the Holy Spirit gives you maybe an unexplainable but definitely an undeniable peace? Do you find those moments when the Holy Spirit gives you knowledge that you don't normally have? Gives you a a prophetic word, a a word of encouragement, a word of challenge to share with another. Well, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship with the Spirit... If, if any tenderness or compassion is in your life because of God's presence, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, you need to be like-minded. You need to be walking in healthy relationship with one another. I'm convinced of this. It is impossible to live a Christian experience beyond lukewarm and not be an active, healthy, vital Love fulfilling, life giving relationship with one another. It's impossible. So, how do we do that? Well, here's what it says in Philippians chapter 2. It says that we have to do nothing out of selfish ambition. One of the first things we got to do, we got to deal with this, this, this competitive nature in our life. And on some level, we all have it. Right? I want to run faster than you. I want to jump higher than you. I want to sing better than you. Well, not necessarily you, but I want to sing better than you. Because with you, the bar is really low. But the issue of competition, right? Listen, I don't have to be in first because Ricky Bobby was wrong. But... um, yeah, some of you understand that. Some of you, somebody will explain it to you later and you'll laugh. Um, but I, I, here's the thing. i gotta be in, I got I to gotta definitely be in the top, top quarter, right? And here's what happens is competition will destroy connection. Competition will destroy connection. Pastor Paul, I don't know if you experienced this, but I experienced this as a youth pastor. I found this, that folks would regularly, other youth pastors would regularly want to hang out to me, talk to me, be my friend, until our youth ministry got one person larger than theirs. Right? And when the youth ministry got one, per, one person larger than theirs, they would go, yeah, he's a sellout. Right? The only, way, the only reason he's getting teens to show up at, at his youth ministry is because of free pizza, which was really true, but... At least they were there, right? I'd do it again today. I'd give out free pizza every Sunday if I could fill this house. In fact, I'll give out free pizza next Sunday for you and your friend if you'll bring a friend. And the person that brings the most, okay, we'll give you a $100 Domino's gift certificate for discs of death. If you happen to own a Domino's franchise, my apologies on multiple levels. But this idea of competition... Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. You know what? I'm, I'm better than. Oh. See, your attitude is to be the same as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but humbled himself and took on the very nature of a servant. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, Scripture says. You know, I, I still regularly have to pinch myself and to, to come to the full realization of what God lets me do. It's, it's crazy. And I look around the room and, and I think about I think about some of the some of the amazing stories. Listen, your success is not because you're so talented. It's because God's favor upon you. And you're a great guy. I love hanging out with you. You are my favorite person to go eat sushi with. But make no mistake, the reason why you have favor in your industry is because of God's hand upon you. But it's real easy when we're walking in God's blessing, it's real easy for it to go to our head. Marvin Couch, Marvin, Marvin, nobody buys more Sherwin-Williams paint in America than Marvin Couch. But Marvin, if God's hand wasn't on your business, you'd be in trouble, friend. It's, it's, it's because of the blessing of God. But it, it, it's easy to start believing that it's us, right? Oh, it's, it's, my, it's my incredible entrepreneurial ability. It's, it's, it's the wisdom that flows through me. It's, it's, my, it's my charismatic personality. If, if we're going to walk in healthy relationship, we, we have to do something about the competitive desires that we have in our life and the personal pride that, that can get in the way. And, and then here's what happens. That, combined with the, 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 the honest realization that we know about ourselves and our weaknesses, we can, we can devalue others. Here's what, here's what God's word says this. It says, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests. I love the fact that it says that we should look not only to our own interests. Because can I tell you something? Self-preservation is a part of human nature, isn't it? It just is. Have something come flying at your face and see if you don't duck. It's instinctive, isn't it? Whoa! The Bible says this. It says it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Self-preservation is not a bad thing. Looking out for you and looking out for your family is not a bad thing. But it says, listen, in addition to that, how how about you think about others? Let me put this in the context of church. God... What can you do through me today, and not just today, every time the church comes together, every Sunday, God, do something in me, do something through me that positively impacts somebody else that shows up at church. In fact, maybe God brought you to Calvary this morning not to do something in your life, but to use you to be an impact on somebody else. Because I want to let you in on a little secret. Are you ready for this? If you have been walking with God for any period of time, it should not be my job to spiritually feed you. If you're still dependent upon me for your spiritual nourishment, we need to chat. Because one of the signs of, of, of maturity is that we can feed ourselves. And that's true not just physically, it's also true spiritually. And what would the the body of Christ look like if we came into God's house and said, God, today let it not be what's in it for me, but God, let today be what's in it through me. I saw that happen yesterday with an army of volunteers at Tinker Field. And Robert, yesterday wasn't about you. But I saw your face on the news last night. Okay? Anybody else see Robert Rivera on the news last night? Yeah. And here's the thing. I don't know if I've ever seen a bigger smile on your face. (laughs) And you were working hard. That was a lot of bags of groceries. By the way, did your team win or did the other team win? Uh, Convoy of Hope won yesterday. There you go. That's a good answer. (laughs) He's like, convoy of hope won. That means his team didn't win. Uh, but we are not about competition today. That was the first point. <laughs> See, it's real easy to, in this, in this isolationism world that we live in, it's real easy to become insensitive to those around us. Here's the key. You ready? It, Philippians 2.5 is the key. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Because let me tell you what brings conflict into your life. Here's what brings conflict into your life. A competitive spirit. Personal pride. The devaluing of others. Insensitivity to others. And living without that daily recognition of Jesus Christ as the center of our life, as the center of our world. Your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but humbled himself and took on the role of the servant. Let me share this with you as I close today. Oftentimes Jesus is misrepresented and misunderstood. You see pictures of Jesus. Here's, here's the way the pictures typically look. They're typically Jesus and he's there and he's kinda got this forlorn look, kinda staring off into space with his arms, right? We've all seen that picture. True? Here's what it says about Jesus in, 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 in Scripture. It says that he came enjoying life. Jesus regularly hung around with publicans and sinners. Jesus was at a party where, through the, the encouragement of his mother, uh, he turns water into wine. Now, some people will go, it was not fermented wine because Jesus wouldn't make fermented wine baloney. It was wine. The Bible says not only was it wine, it was good wine. So Jesus lived life and lived it to its full. And he said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it to its full. Being a Christian, living life at 212, living life at that temperature, at the spiritual temperature where God wants you to live, Okay, it's not about living your life on some ethereal plane, being caught in a perpetual prayer meeting. It's it's about doing life in such a way that God can empower you and bless you. And that happens as we're connected to God, as we engage in the service opportunities around us, as we, and we'll talk about this, uh, this next Sunday, as we, as we live in Pentecostal power and as we do life together. Now some of you are here today and you, you come into God's house and you've got a fractured relationship that needs to be restored. And God brought you here this morning to speak to that fractured relationship in your life. And it's, it's time to make that change. It's time to address that issue. It's time to ask for forgiveness or to offer forgiveness. Some of you, you've come into God's house this morning and and you're living, you're constantly around people but you feel consistently alone. I've got great news for you. You've come to the right place. And here's what needs to take place number one, you need to come to an altar this morning and let some folks pray with you. It'll take just a moment, but it'll change your lifetime. And then there are a myriad of wonderful groups and ministries right here in your church, safe places for you to get involved with, in fact, some of you are here and, and, and you're isolated. You took a chance and showed up at Tinker Field yesterday. And you had a taste of what it's like to, to be a part of the family, to be actively engaged in kingdom life, to see how much more exciting church is and Christian life is when we move beyond an hour and a half, an hour, uh, uh, an hour and th- 45 minutes on a Sunday morning, And we go, okay. Taking that next step in in engagement. And God brought you here today to bring understanding to what you experienced yesterday. And confirmation to what you know, both in your mind and in your heart of what it is that you're to do. And then there are some that are here this morning that your relationship disconnect. The fact that so so much of your friendships can be described as convenient or cordial. It's because this relationship factor in your life is disconnected. And it's disconnected because the most important relationship isn't there. And the most important relationship The relationship that makes every other relationship work is a personal relationship with the God that created you. And that relationship is made available through his son who gave the ultimate sacrifice to pay the price for all of your mistakes and all your shortcomings. And God has brought you here today. He's had you tune into this television channel or, or, or watch us via social media to say to you that today is the day, now is the time, this is the moment for you to make that that most important relationship, what we like to to call the vertical relationship, right. And watch and see how it then changes, wonderfully changes every other relationship. And there are are people who will be down here at this altar this morning, the front of this stage. It'll take just a moment, but it'll change your life. to pray with you. It's it's time for you to stop walking living doing life alone. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening, and God bless.